Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrino here with some special coverage of SNL season 42. And here with us is our SNL expert to break down the aboyness of this terrible news which came out this week. Uh, Rich Tackenberg, Rich, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a sad day, but I feel like you and I are Michael Che and Colin Jost showing up to the uh, Republican convention for MSNBC to do special reporting. It's a it's a it's a special report on a special report. <laughs> yes, and Rich, uh, of course, uh, the news for the uninitiated, perhaps, uh, is that uh, big news announced that in addition to John Radinsky, uh, Jay Farrow, and Taryn Killam will not be back. For season 42 of SNL. Next! Next! Wow. Yes. Very, yeah, yeah. And certainly Rudnitsky, not a huge surprise. No. Uh, you know, and, and by the way, the big news as we, as this sort of broke on Twitter and Facebook, uh, the big news to me and I think to most of us is not that Taryn and Jay are leaving. It's that Taryn uh, definitely and probably Jay were not asked back. That okay. was the biggest shock to me. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's what I want to get down to the bottom of. First question I have for you, Rich on this special coverage is do you buy this that it feels like this is if we were to believe like sort of just like the firsthand accounts that we've been presented with it seems like just like some sort of taylor swift song that they're sitting there minding their own business and whack blindside lorne michaels uh you're dumped get out of here, and these two guys are just sort of left hanging. Well, I mean, it's not unprecedented. I mean, you know, uh, I, you know, everyone remembers Adam Sandler and Chris Farley leaving the show after a similar amount of time. What people don't uh, probably don't remember is that they actually were uh, not asked back after, you know, their huge run. Um, you know, now what I think could be similar in, in that situation with this situation is did SNL feel like it's not that we've lost interest in the talents of Taryn and Jay, but are Taryn and Jay not bringing it uh, the way they used to bring it? And are, are they distracted and are they focused on other things? And if so, should we make the cut? So, But I believe this to be true, that, that ultimately they were not asked back. I do wonder how much uh, it was potentially of their own making. That's what I'm not sure. Yeah, because it really does seem like they're victims, at least in the press that Taron Killam has done. I haven't seen any interviews with Jay Farrow in the last couple of days. I'm sure that uh, there's probably something out there from him. But it almost seems as though that, you know, Taron Killam, he has a lot of other things that he had been working on. Uh, different things that are sort of like in post-production or that he was working on. And it almost feels as though... That he brings up that there were, for some people, this isn't a problem. That uh, J- uh, Jason Sudeikis, for a very long uh, period towards the end of his tenure, was making different movies and flying out and coming back in just for the shows. Do you feel like, was this SNL maybe post-Ghostbuster saying, we're not doing this anymore? Well, it's possible. And I think that, you know, I also think that it's, it's not a meritocracy. And, you know, did Sudeikis, you know, have the ability to do certain things? Absolutely. Was Jason Sudeikis considered one of the stars of the show at the time? Absolutely. Is Taron Killam considered one of the stars of the show right now? I would say, unfortunately, no. And and this is a, obviously, as anyone listening to this knows, I love Taron Killam on the show, and and we're 
and I'll focus on him a little bit more than Jay right now for a minute. Um, I think he's fantastic. So this is not my personal opinion, but for someone who is probably the second or third uh, sort of most, most elder statesman of the male cast, considered one of the, you know, the senior members of the cast, he clearly does not have the same buzz that, you know, Keenan has, where Keenan is sometimes in almost every sketch. Keenan has the go-to impressions that we want to see, you know, you know, Steve Harvey or whatever, um, you know, where Taron has not been playing that role. And that's a weird place to be at SNL when you're in the senior class, but you're not sort of the most uh, the most popular person I think it does put you in a weird place so then to want to take off it was unclear whether he needed to take off the first two months to finish post-production on his movie or whether it was it was going to be harder for him to be committed during those two months. But uh, I think that's a harder ask when you're not Kristen Wiig at the height of your power or Bill Hader at the, you know, at the top of your moment on SNL. So I do think that that is definitely a part of it. Do you get the sense that Taron Killam was given a choice of, hey, either you are doing this or you're doing your movie? Movie, we are not letting you split the difference and he chose the movie I don't think so I first of all I don't think that someone I don't think anyone in this day and age would all would outwardly lie about uh, you know Lorne Michaels and Broadway video considering how powerful Lorne is in the industry I think you want to keep if you're leaving one of the most important things that we see from everyone who's been you know who's left whether it's you know uh, you know a, a featured player or, or someone of many years is you want to stay on good terms because you want the ability to come back as often as possible and you want you know you would you don't want to be blocked from late night with Jimmy Fallon and or you know the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon or late night with Seth Meyers. So I don't think so. But I, and the one thing that we hear a lot about SNL is that it is not an, it is not a culture of directness. And so if he asked for this time, it is very possible that he, we know that he was given the permission to, yes, go ahead and do the movie. We understand it will affect the move, uh, affect the, the, uh, the show schedule. And yet what was probably not said to his face is, you know, we're very unhappy about this. We're going to say yes, but we really wish you didn't put us in this situation. If that's the case, it's likely that that complaints were happening behind his back and then ultimately is showing itself now where, you know, you know, in a different work environment, someone might have actually had that conversation up front and said, you know what, we're really concerned and where's your head at? And it, it might have gone down better. All right. Well, let's touch on Jay Farrow as well, because this is also very peculiar to me just for the sake of that Jay Farrow was brought in after a couple of years of Fred Armisen doing Barack Obama and Jay Farrow, very gifted impressionist. And we've talked about some of the best and worst moments in his SNL career on the podcast. But we still have this big election coming up here in 2016. If anybody's noticed, you would imagine that there will be some Barack Obama sketches that come out of this going into a inauguration in January. Barack Obama was hardly featured in season 41. How could we not have a president? Well, they'll give it to somebody, but you know, you're absolutely right. I was trying to quickly Ooh, do Keenan, Michael Che, or a new featured player. You know, but yeah, mm-hmm. I could I could absolutely see them giving it to Michael Che and not doing. I mean, as you were saying, it you know uh, the two things that are so interesting and and they're not a coincidence, I'm sure, is one. 
I cannot remember another time in the show's 41-year history where they fired the actor who was currently doing the impression of the sitting president, other than full-out cast, you know, complete, you know, bloodletting and bringing in a new cast. I don't know that this has ever happened before. And at the same time, we've, you and I have noted many times that 41 was probably the only season in the history of the show where there was not one cold open built around the sitting president, and that's unheard of. And now I think this is two things. I don't think this is a problem with the impression per se, but we saw this even uh, with Fred Armisen that there just wasn't anything funny about Barack. Or I should say the show never found the funny thing about Barack Obama to make, you know, to make whole uh, pieces about. So while it's very unprecedented, I'm sure they're like, well, what are we really losing here? The Barack, whether whether it's Jay Farrow's fault or not, and let's assume that it's not, it's not resonating. It's not working and we don't know how to right to it. So if we get rid of Jay, maybe, you know, we just give it to someone else and know that we're still not going to build anything around it. We'll just have someone who can play the part, you know, or you, or maybe what they're, you know, maybe what we're not thinking is that, you know, they pull a Larry David and that they, you know, they have a deal with, uh, you know, Jordan Peele or some other person to just come in and do, you know, do him as a, as a cameo, you know, three to four times before uh, the inauguration in January. So in terms of Jay Farrow and his career, do you feel like it was the same sort of deal where he had so many side projects that there was a frustration there? Or do you feel like that this was a totally different reason why SNL wants to move on from Jay? Well, again, this is complete speculation. I have I cannot base this on anything, but this is my goes without my, saying. Yes, but everything uh, yeah. on this podcast, everything is, is speculation. speculation. Yeah. but my guess is that Jay just wasn't happy. I mean, I, I you know, as a viewer sitting at home watching the show, watching him do very strong impressions of prominent African American music stars that I don't know and I can't and I have no resonance with and having the audience have a tepid reaction to what might be a very good impression, uh, you know, and then watching Jay Farrow in The Good Nights often stand there feeling a little disconnected, uh, not seeing like, not not appearing to have been very excited by the 90 minutes that preceded it. I think one has to wonder, was he feeling like, Chris Rock talked about feeling and, you know, and in the precursor to in living color back in the day, you know, a lot of African-American, you know, comedians feeling like, hey, not this is not a slam on SNL, but it's just not my audience. Like I want to, you know, Keenan can do Steve Harvey on, uh, you know, and everyone knows Steve Harvey because he's, you know, probably today on, you know, from his daytime show and from Family Feud, more seen by white people than African-Americans and diversity, uh, people of diversity, where Jay Farrow is not in that case. And I do wonder whether he was just submitting sketches about cheesy and two chains and other people that I as the target audience or you know older but as, as as white America just doesn't know and those sketches were potentially not getting on and maybe I, I do wonder if Jay was just feeling like I'm so thankful for this break but boy I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time and uh, and it's a wrong fit and I wonder if maybe not that he decided to leave but if that growing frustration uh, was part of what sort of uh, you know created the situation But in a situation like that, doesn't wouldn't that come up if it was on his terms at the end of the season rather than his contract not being renewed heading into the new season? Well, they are, you know, uh, oh, I'd say two things about that. One, I would say, you know, it absolutely could have been a situation where Jay 
was potentially frustrated or, you know, being shut down at times, uh, but not enough that Jay would actually want to leave the show, but just like, oh, this, you know, I mean, no job is perfect. You know, everybody, you know, except if you work at Rob has a podcast, obviously, and post show recap. (laughs) But uh, but other than that, uh, you know, you know, it might have just been like, you know, he may have been feeling like, well, you know, that's my frustration at my job and not knowing that behind the scenes as they're deciding who do we cut to make room for new featured players, you know, this is what we have to do. So I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, actually, I have three points on this. I'll jump around. But quickly, I also don't know that necessarily the thinking was, oh, we have to cut, uh, you know, these two guys. I think that probably what was going on is, uh, you know, hey, we don't have any breakout male stars. I mean, we're light on the female side as well as far as breakouts, but we don't really have any breakout male stars on the show right now. The closest is Keenan, and Keenan is the you know has been on this show longer than anyone else in the history of Saturday Night Live. So we gotta make room. We need hot new featured players, or we're gonna die. And the decision came from that. Would I have picked these two people? No, but I wonder if that's sort of where the decision came from in the first place. But the thing that seems like it's that SNL was cutting off its nose despite its face. That Saturday Night Live is not like you know some sort of a sports franchise where it's like, oh, the Mets can't bring back this person because they can't afford him or they can't get under the salary cap. You can't imagine that Taron Killam or Jay Farrow is making that much money. If Taron Killam wants to stay on SNL and just isn't going to be around for, say, the first two months, why not just, okay, fine, we'll just figure out something else for those first two months and just keep him on the payroll? Well, that's what I would have done, but I, I guess on some level, are you thinking, okay, we've got they make 16, nothing, right? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, there's a salary bump every terms. year, but it, yeah, it, it's not going to break. The difference between him and a featured player is not going to be so much that you know that doing this is going to save a costume designer's job. It, I, mean, I, I agree with that. But when you look at the cast and say, okay, you got 16 people, we know we're going to lose John, that puts us down to 15 people. I do think that you you probably are cognizant of, do we really want to go to 17 18 people and know that Taron will be here when he's going to be here. He's not going to be here. He's not going to be here. Or do we need to start cutting uh, to make room? And then do you cut, let's say I'll pick an arbitrary name, Beck Bennett. I'm not being arbitrary. Do you cut Beck Bennett, uh, who is going to be there 24 seven and is going to be staying when, uh, you know, when someone like Taron is not going to be there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I would also, you know, for me, this is the question that we may never get answered until we can actually get Taryn Killam to be a guest on post show recaps, which we need to start working yes. towards. To me, that we talked about this all last season. The what would be the canary in the coal mine to answer this question of what happened? I suspect is. Answering the question, why did we go an entire season and not see one appearance of Jebediah Atkinson, arguably the most popular weekend update character since, since Stefan? I cannot imagine any scenario where that was coming from Lorne Michaels or Hitchcock or Downey or any of the or, or the production itself. I, I cannot. They these people I mean we they burn characters to death. So I have to imagine that there's something whether it was Taron refusing to do it or some other issue behind the scenes. And I do wonder if if a uh, cast member did not want to do what could be considered one of the most popular characters for Weekend Update, even when the show wants them, 
that would be creating a dynamic that I would worry about job security. That I would, if that if that was the case, then I could see a scenario where SNL says, you know what, if if this person doesn't want to play ball with us, why are we going to accommodate his schedule? Why are we going to sort of kill ourselves if he's not killing ourselves for us? Going back to season forty-one, we came in at the start of the season, and it was you know a lot of hubbub about how Taron Killam was going to start playing Donald Trump. Donald Trump really started to pop on the political scene last summer. And then uh, coming back last fall, it was like, okay, what is SNL going to do about Trump? He was Donald Trump. And then after a couple of weeks, then he was replaced with the Daryl Hammond Trump. Do you see any connective tissue between what might have been going on with that and this decision? Yeah, I mean, it certainly could be. I mean, what we uh, what we never found out is did they replace him as Trump because they thought he was terrible and Daryl Hammond was better? Or did they really feel like we're betting on Ted Cruz and we want to move Taron into the Ted Cruz position? And to do that, we're going to ask Daryl Hammond to come back. That I don't know. But certainly, you know, to end up being sidelined from what was, you know, a very big impression, especially when the audience ultimately did not resonate to Daryl Hammond's Trump, regardless of what we think about. Is it his fault? Is it whatever? You know, after the initial buzz of him doing it when Trump hosted early in the season, the you know, it was not the audience. You could feel the audience reaction was not there for for Daryl Hammond. And at that point, is, Tar- is, is Taron Killam sitting on the sideline, not doing anything in the cold open, wondering, why am I standing here watching from the wings? Why is that not me? And whether that's, you know, a lack of uh, lack of belief in him or his, uh, you know, getting pulled out for other reasons and getting screwed. I have to imagine if I'm Taron, I'm really not thrilled about that. OK, so now, Rich, in the fallout of this, should we expect another announcement in these next couple of weeks of SNL now adding a person or two to the cast for season 42 or will we go ahead as is no we'll definitely i mean I shouldn't say definitely I, my suspicion is we'll definitely get more people because i think given that you have no major breakout star in the cast right you don't have your will ferrell you don't have your adam sandler uh you know you they have to keep mining and that doesn't take away from i love pete davidson i think he's great uh, you know all the but but you don't have the breakout star that snl needs to have in order to hit those sort of rating highs that they're always understandably looking for. So you're always going to be looking for that person. You have to add, uh, and I'm sure that's partly motivated why they're trimming the cast, you know, so I think we'll definitely see more people. I'm also assuming that they did this in one shot and that we're not going to also hear about another female cast member not getting renewed. I'm assuming that they did this in one tranche of, okay, here's the cast changes. So there's a couple of people on the cast that I would say, uh, female wise that I am also huge fans of that I am glad did not end up in the same fate. Do you feel like as we look at Taron Killam's SNL career that it is a promise unfulfilled? Well, I mean, you know, he was, I mean, when you look at screen time, I think he actually was getting more screen time overall than almost any other cast member. So he clearly was, you know, was fulfilling the role and doing a lot of great impressions. I mean, you know, his Matthew McConaughey was great. His Brad Pitt was great. I mean, he really was delivering. But I think unfulfilled in that he did did not ultimately take the mantle of Jason Sudeikis or, uh, you know, or a Will Ferrell before him. Yes, I think the fact that he was only a uh, elder statesman of the show, not the anchor of the show in the way that 
maybe Keenan is now, but even there, I think only comedy nerds watch paying a lot of attention would make that call. Uh, yes, I think that he didn't hit the heights that I think we all sort of thought he would hit and has the ability to hit. You have time for a couple of quick questions? Yes, bring them on. All right, uh, Ryan LeBlanc wants to know, who do you guys think will step up as the lead male now that Taron Killam is gone? That's a great question. I mean, Beck Bennett is the guy who would, uh, you know, Position-wise, start playing the you know the the straight man uh, you know in a lot of kooky sketches. But I think we have a problem. I mean, I think you're going to see featured players potentially coming on because we really don't have that person. I, I I think Kyle Mooney could step up, but Kyle is a very specific kind of player on the show, and I don't think he's in the same league necessarily. So I think that's going to be an issue. Um, and Pete Davidson, I think we all really loved coming out of this season, uh, but he's not that strong actor that can play big, strong characters. And Bobby is certainly, you know, Bobby's my man, but I don't know that he's going to play that role ever. I would say that probably this is best for Bobby, even though I think Bobby and Taryn are, 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 are close friends. Um, but I think that probably this opens up the door for maybe Bobby to play a more senior role in the show going into the next season. This is from Christopher Amora, who says, will we ever see Jebediah Atkinson again? Again. Well, if he, I think he's leaving under good circumstances. He's handling it well. I think that absolutely, you know, when he's got something major to promote, I think that that's probably the thing that he comes back to do. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be very interested. I, I do think – I don't think we'll see it season 42, but I think that, you know, when he comes back to host at some point, assuming his career – positions himself that he would, uh, then yes, I definitely think that that would be a go-to character we would see again. Our own Antonio Mazzaro wants to know, is this fans of a particular SNL cast member calling the show dead when it will rebound as usual, or is this somehow different than any other time SNL has parted with key talent? Yeah, I don't think that it's, uh, my opinion is, I think it's a blow to the show, but it is not. Unfortunately, it is not the blow to the show that it should have been, because I think that by this point, it, that Taron should have been really kind of one of the anchors of the show, and the fact that he's not, and that there were whole episodes that Taron basically was in the cold open, you know, showed up in a sketch at 12.50 at night and was saying good night, you know, sort of says something. Same thing with Jay. You know, Jay is, is certainly, I keep, you know, harping on, on Taryn, but Jay is, is very, very talented. But I don't think that we're going to look back and go, oh, my God, I, where is, I'm feeling the missing of Jay right now, uh, which, you know, I think says says a lot. If we were just going to put this in perspective, coming out of season 41 into season 42, if we were going to give sort of the power rankings of the top five most important SNL players, who would they be? Starting with uh, number one is Kate McKinnon. No question. Kate McKinnon's number one. Uh, Keenan Thompson is clearly number two. Um, would Taron Killam be three? I would have before today or before yesterday, I would have said, yeah, I would have put Taron right there um, because, you know, then you start to hit this pack of taking out Colin and Michael because they're sort of in a special class. You start to have this large pack of very good players that are not – 
that are not key to the show. Vanessa Bayer, Bobby Moynihan, Cecily Strong, A.D. Bryant. Yeah. I love these people, but they no one person is mission critical to the show anymore. Each of them plays super important roles. If you're doing a pre-tape, Vanessa's going to kill it. If you need someone to walk on and just say something hilarious, Bobby's your guy. But I don't know that you have uh, – I, I don't know that you have any one person. So, so yeah, I think that's where it starts to get muddy. Rich, uh, so we will see exactly what happens when we get to the start of season 42. Uh, Ron from Toronto, one last question, wants to know, can we get a prediction for the first host of the season? My money's on Michael Phelps, despite the fact he was terrible the first time he hosted. Uh, He's a hot pick right now, Michael Phelps. I had said uh, Jared Leto in the spring, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen, despite the big box office success of the Suicide Squad. Do you have a current pick? You know, I, I think Jared Lehrer is a, a great suggestion. I always tend to think that they aim for an alumni first, even though they often don't, or they'll go with a pop star. So I could see Ariana Grande coming back to host, um, or I mean, I'd love to see, I, I, this is a little bit wish fulfillment, but I'd, I'd love to see them start the season off with Kristen Wiig. I think that could be interesting. Maybe a big opening for Sausage Party, Seth Rogen. Is that possible? Very possible. Yeah, you. I, I could definitely see Seth coming back at some point to explain okay. to me what the heck Sausage Party is. <laughs> One last thing I just want to say on SNL before we wrap, which is just, we've known this before, we've known this again. To me, the sad part of this story, which is a continuing theme of 41 years, is not is that Taryn Killam is not saying I got a call from Lorne or I got a call from one of the producers and we had a long conversation and they're letting me go. It's I heard from my management that I'm not back again. And it is a it is a grim reminder for all of his fans that SNL is a business. It is not a family. And you can spend six years staying up all night, being with people, you know, not showering, standing on stages till three in the morning, shooting, uh, you know, pre-tapes at 5 a.m. But when they do decide they are done with you, you don't even get the courtesy of a direct call from someone you work with. And that is, it has been true since, since season one, but it is uh, an unfortunate reminder that uh, we are fans of a business, not a family. This was a, uh, a great update here of what's going on with uh, SNL heading into uh, the new season. Uh, thank you so much for jumping on with me this morning, Rich. Uh, do you have uh, 60 seconds to give us a uh, hot take or two on Big Brother 18? Oh, my God. Loving the podcast. Love you guys. Although uh, my my wife and I listen to every podcast. We get very annoyed. You guys are c- giving Z such a such a, a free pass because on the live feeds, she was such a pain in the ass to Polly for so long. And now the show is playing it like she, like he's treating her badly. And that's not fair to Polly. But, boy, I am so done with Paul. I got I mean, I wasn't I, expecting you to be such an uh, apologist rich yeah i you know what not because i love him but because you know i think that he put up with a lot and finally snapped and the show only showed him snapping and uh, i you know come on alex come on Brian. i mean i you know you you tarrant you guys are watching the feeds you know you're not calling it out and i and i and i, I want that called out because i think he's he was in a precarious position of what do you do when your showman's has to go i think that's a very interesting part of big brother but i as much as I don't know what the show would do without Paul right now, because I think the show would be super boring. But I, you know, I got to say, my boy is a boy. I am <laughs> done. Oh! 
I am done with it. There is no friendship here for his catchphrases. Rich, what about the change.org petition to have uh, Big Brother 18 Paul host the season premiere of SNL? Oh, bring it on. That would be, oh, that would be great. Ugh. Sketch. Yeah, sketch. Yeah. <laughs> sketch. Yeah. I would be pitching. I would be what sketch pissed. he wants to do. Yeah, I'd be I'd be very pissed, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's already perfect. He's ready to do a live from New York at Saturday night. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Rich, uh great stuff. Of course, you can follow Rich on Twitter at Rich Tack. If you have any other questions, I'm sure uh, Rich is always happy to answer them on Twitter. Uh, thanks so much for checking this out. We've got uh, so many fun things on post-show recaps, including all of the Mr. Robot with Josh and Antonio. Also, we have our own Suicide Squad recap that we posted over this past weekend. Uh, Alex Kidwell, Mike Bloom, Kevin Mahadeo uh, have the full recap of Suicide Squad and much more to come on post-show recaps. So go ahead, subscribe to the podcast, postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. Uh, Rich and I will be back after the, probably, what, next time you will do SNL will be after the first episode of the season? Yeah, unless we unless there's enough news to do a, 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 a expectations, it'll probably be right after the season premiere. All right, great stuff. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say on postshowrecaps.com. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>